Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Cow Corner Podcast with me, Dolly Tropper, James Hurl, Mr. Birmingham League Sun, Andy Harrison, the loyal one, Joss Elliott, for your latest dose of all things Shropshire Cricket. And welcome back to episode 38 of the Cow Corner Podcast. Uh, I would say the midway edition, but true to form, we're even late on this, Joss. We'll probably call this the end of the season. This is really doing another one, will we? <laughs> no, we won't. Anyway, my name's James Hill, and once again I'm joined by Mr. Loyal, Joss Elliott, and the man with the Birmingham League ton, and the man with um, a minor county six, um, is probably is the new one that we're going to have. Yeah. Gonna say any more about that, Andy? Or he will in time. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you talk about it. Yeah. Pretty sure you, all you of our watching, listeners have already heard about it already. You're watching ball by ball, mate. So, you know. <laughs> so anyway, we're very lucky to have ourselves a very special guest in the studio. Or uh, I wouldn't really call it studio, would we? We'd call it Joss's front room. <laughs> Joss's pad. <laughs> Um, someone we've been trying to get on the podcast for a while from a team that we've been trying to get on the podcast for a very long while and it is one Mr Thomas Walkie. How are we mate? Um, not bad thanks, how are you guys? We're very well yeah. Good thanks so, I've got a really quick question before you slap in there. Do you warm up? Occasionally. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to hear you warming up. Um, so what did warming up do to you the other day Andy? <laughs> <laughs> Sod all mate. <laughs> uh, tell, tell us a story please. Nothing to say, is there? Pull me out. Was it six overs in the uh, roll on there? I had had a lot of warm up, loads of it. Uh, Got through the warm up fine and pulled up lame again. If I was a horse, I'd be dead. So, had you not warmed up, you'd have got six overs in probably. I'd have got a few overs in, yeah. Yeah. Pathetic. Mm. Moral to the story? Just give up cricket, too fat. Well, that's the obvious one, but don't warm up. So yeah, more than halfway through the season so far, and um, true to form, Alberbury let someone beat them, and we thought, what what other way to get someone on the podcast than uh, 
by feeding them a victory. So um, how's your season gone so far, Tom? Uh, personally, it's not been fantastic, but uh, as a team, we're doing quite well. I think we're third now, are we? After being top for the majority, but um, availability over the past three or four weeks has been horrific. So just obviously Shrewsbury last week had a strong side and we tried to chase it in 20 overs as mm. we normally do. And uh, that's always our problem, <laughs> losing early wickets and uh, having no one in the middle to uh, balance it out and tap the ball around and score some runs. So, so you found, obviously, Leighton's been a big loss for you? Uh, yeah, he has, yeah. yeah. Still, so he's still the leading run scorer in that div- or, or second, I think, in that yeah. division. Yeah. yeah, It's a big loss, bowling and batting, I'd say. But things happen, don't they? So, so what did happen? <laughs> I personally, obviously, I'm not first in captain anymore, so I try not to get involved in all that. Very wise. So, from what I've heard, it was a mixture of things, being homesick, um, sort of being sold something, possibly, that he was expecting more practice. and But we sort of said, look, we're a village side, we practice once a week, that's what it is. Yeah, We all work, don't we? That's not, it. Not everyone yeah. can do it. We've all got other commitments, haven't we? Yeah. So. Was it? Um, do Do you feel it's done you a favour in a little way? Do Did you lads want to go up? Because at one it's stage made, it, it uh, looked like you were going to fly and and win the league comfortably. It's made other people step up. Okay. And it's given some of the lads in the twos who haven't necessarily had a chance or warranted a chance to come up into the ones and face Div One bowling instead mm. of Div Four. Is there anyone standing out at the moment? Anyone you can can? can I'm going to get rib for saying this, but. To be fair to Jack Evans, nobody's really, he hasn't looked out of place. He scored mm. some runs opening up. We've struggled for an opener since Ian's availability came became up and down since mm. having children. So hopefully in the future that could be something that we, hopefully he progresses further and scores some runs opening up for us. That's good. Brilliant. Yeah. When was the last time that a Frankton side played so consistently without a, an overseas and Probably before I played for Frankton. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were we were terrible last year with an overseas, so we were consistently shite then. So. <laughs> Do you think yeah, yeah, they're lucky for a number of years, didn't you? He was a huge sport with him. He was class, wasn't he? We were unbelievably lucky with Nalf, yeah. So where where'd you get your pros from? Because you, you've got a good... Okay, last year wasn't so good, but you generally got a good track record with your pros, Oh, you? Dylan was a fantastic pro. We just didn't support him. Okay. He was an unbelievable bowler. Right. He won us games that we should never have won. Mm. It's it's lovely to uh, to follow him now. We were talking before we came on about he's um, he's done so well. He's playing is it Sri Lanka for the Sri Lanka rep? Is it or the uh, it was a Sri Lanka development eleven that toured yeah. England? But he still on all our social groups on WhatsApp, he yeah. still gets involved, still messages the lads and how we're doing on a Saturday. So he's we're still really involved with everyone at the club. Mm. So so where do you get them from? Your pros. Uh, I think. Uh, Rich Parry Jones has got a contact with one okay. of the agencies and he sorts it out that way. So You haven't done bad really have you over the years? You've had some fantastic players. Yeah, there's well, obviously Dylan was probably the standout yeah. since Nalika really. I but follow I followed Nalika quite a lot because he has been playing for a, a club in the league I used to play in. Yeah. And then he moved from that league to a league uh, the league where I played one game for another club. So he's been playing for one he's turn. He's doing a lot of coaching as well, isn't he? Yeah, he's, and he's, he's scored some runs. I think he scored a double hundred yeah, in the one game. He's class batsman. Yeah, fair play to him. 
I remember playing against him a few times. He scored a couple of hundreds against us. So. I think we were mm. quite unlucky that COVID hit when it did because I think Brent was going to come over again yeah. and he was a very good batsman and he bowled. He could bowl. Was he South African? Yeah. 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 I tell you what, he was aggressive. Good. Very Smashed good. It. Yeah. Very good player. Very impressed by him. Well, wasn't he? Yeah. Mm. So, would a good finish this season and a good final end convince you maybe not to get overseas or is an overseas a kind of staple of Frankton cricket nowadays? Uh, I think with availability the way it's been the past couple of years it's almost if you have somebody an overseas or a pro it's somebody in the first 11 who's going to play all season yeah that's a big thing 22 games mm. we do actually um, like I don't think we've ever properly discussed this on the podcast but I do like obviously talking around the cricket scene knowing a few people that I talk to they, they do some people do slate clubs for having overseas mm. and they say it's ruining the game. What's your opinion on it? Because for me, I think an overseas brings a lot of things to a club. It can They can be good coaches. I mean, I know for a, for a start, I mate Mickey from um, Sentinel, he does all the coaching. He's coaching every night. And I think that develops players, doesn't it? It develops players. They love it, especially when an overseas comes over. It's a bit different than having someone you see every day, every week, every year. Yeah, What's your well, view? Um, Leighton, when he came, it was part of his deal that he did with junior coaching and the mm. ladies coaching with Stu. So, obviously, he did it for eight weeks. Mm. But that was part of... I think Dylan did as well last year. Yeah. So, obviously, Dylan was... I don't know whether he taught any of them to bowl, but yeah, he obviously helped the juniors quite a lot. Do you think it overseas is... Uh, do you think, obviously, going up through the levels and clubs in lower league cricket now are getting overseas in, aren't they? You're seeing it more and more. Quartz um, plays playing the second, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Shoesby did last week. Yeah. Well. Last two weeks, yeah. yeah. The last really? couple of weeks. But, you know, you you don't know what you're getting for a start. No. I, I remember uh, there's been times when I've played for clubs, and I won't mention it, it's not fair, but I've played at clubs where I've had an overseas and they, they've not been good enough and they've played second team cricket, but they've come over and enjoyed it. And uh, anyway, so, so like, I, I just think an overseas is a big part of cricket now. And I do just get it in the neck all the time. Like, do you think it's right to pay players? Do you, a lot of clubs don't pay players. They look right. after them. They, they put them up. They get them a job. So I, well, I, if I don't Frank do things wrong and go back up, you'll have to have one next year. If we, we, if we want to go back up, yeah. I think we'll need one. Yeah. Absolutely. You can't, you can't really survive in the Premier League mm. unless you're very, very lucky. Yeah. I personally think that it's, like Andy says, it's good for a club. And if, it's, if it helps your juniors with coaching and some well, I need coaching. Loads of people need coaching. Like Leighton helped me with a couple of things before he went, and it's obviously not helped my runs this year, but <laughs> <laughs> it's helped me feel good in the net. So he didn't teach you not to get talked out, did he? I don't get talked out. I get myself out. Gets <laughs> I, I never forget, right? So I listened to a, a masterclass from Ricky Ponting, and Ricky Ponting was saying, "I'm not putting you in the caliber of Ricky Ponting, Wilkie, but um, Ricky Ponting was saying every ball that gets bowled." He starts off thinking six, 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 four, four, four. Like he, he works from the highest runs he can get per ball and then watches the ball and then obviously makes his mind up. Wilkie just thinks six, six, six every ball, don't you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like that, but there's <laughs> dots instead of six. <laughs> yeah. You're thinking nerd dots. Yeah. <laughs> dots. Dots. Which field can I find this ball? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Which shot can I play whilst missing the balls and the stunts get taken out of the ground? <laughs> Love it. So one of the biggest things that everyone knows Frankton for is the tease. How, how much of an impact that had on the club? 
Uh, I think we're all the lads are just about surviving without the teas. It's uh, your parents aren't. <laughs> a Tesco meal deal isn't as good as a <laughs> as a ladies' committee tea, but um, hopefully in the future we'll start seeing those again. Yeah, would you? I, th- I think there's a few clubs I've, I've spoken to anyway are potentially thinking about bringing back teas, regardless of what the opposition do next season. Do you think that that's something that Frankton may look at moving forwards? Or uh, I'd imagine the ladies are keen to get and show off their skills on the on the tea front again. So I imagine they'll probably do a few next year. Yeah. We always ask the question, and we all, I think we all voted for Frankton as the best tea, but. Is there a better tea out there? Have you ever had a better tea than a home game at Frankton? Renee Jones cricket tea is one to... Renee's always up there. Monty's good. Definitely. I think I've had a few nice ones at Alberbury and touring games in the past. Mm. When we used to play there for Wincote, they used to be tidy. Yeah. Yeah. Alberbury's got a good reputation. Frankton's got a great reputation. Monty. Shelton's very good, no? Do they do teas now or... they? They've had good teams. Well, yeah, had, had good teams. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if there is teams out there around the county, you know, chucking teams out. But is it? I think it's a big loss for cricket. I think on the social side as well, just mm-hmm. it's always nice to sit down and have a... Yeah, I feel know, I don't think they will come back. I really don't think they will because mm. the hassle involved with getting people to do them every week. And No, I think they will. Uh, and the the more I think the more I think about it, the more that I think that they will. And the reason that I think that they will is I think that cricket itself this year, as you said, Wilkie, is struggling for availability. And there's a lot of sides like that, and especially village sides who are struggling as well. And I think there is a part of it where there's that whole kind of camaraderie coming together. And half of that is the cricket team, everyone sitting down together around the table, having a chat about what's happening in the first over. <laughs> Well, not in in the first innings and what's going to happen in the next and kind of that you know, but it not it's not only the members of the team who are playing on that day, but it's also people who aren't involved in the playing squad who are getting involved and having a part in the team and getting those involved. Whereas I think it's kind of got to the point where it's become very singular, very insular, and only the players on the eleven, which I think also might have an impact on people turning up and. When, when it comes down to it, why are people playing golf? Because when you're playing a game of golf, there's four, five, six of you. And in between shots, you can have a chat, you're walking around, you're going from shot to shot. When on a cricket pitch, you really get to do that, really, apart from when you're waiting to go into bat. And I think... I get about 44.2 overs every game today, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Does that include the one ball at your face? <laughs> four balls. <laughs> I'm talking a good day here, Tom. <laughs> But um, yeah, I, I, I could probably see it coming back in that regard as some teams well, probably... Well, I tell you, you talk a lot of sense here, and I hope you're right, but I do think the hassle of, of you know, Albury, for example, we have a rotor of people to do teams, which is ball aching itself, and so I actually have to do them as well, it's, especially when you've got, when it's my turn, we've got such a reputation that we have, yeah. you can't just get away with Colum Delhi, you have to fill it out with more stuff, you know, it's, it's a lot of hassle, but um, I hope you're right. Anyway, just before we get on to the main thing... Tom, you've brought some bats along with you, and Andy has become one of your customers. Do you want to expand a little bit more? Uh, I've always sort of fixed bats for lads who are local to Frankton and uh, lads in Ellesmere who I've played for. Uh, I played for Ellesmere a few years ago, so I know a few of them lads. And I thought at the beginning of this year, since Woodstock left, and I obviously know the lad at Warfield's doing it as well, there's not really anybody fixing bats in Shropshire. 
So I decided to just see how it goes and start fixing a few and set up a little Instagram page. Obviously, from uh, experience, <clears throat> had a bad uh, back break start of the season. Woodstock wouldn't uh, wouldn't fix it. So uh, the man, Mr. Wilkie, here, sorting it out. And fair play. It's not um, it's not going to do anything brilliant, is it? It was it was pretty badly broken, wasn't it? But yeah. to be fair, I've had, I've used it in a few games. It's gone all right, and it's still still going, still going fine. So I was very impressed with your work. Very reasonably priced, and uh, I've just purchased a bat. Yeah, I started. I've shaped four or five bats with hopefully the in the future maybe mm -hmm. to set up a brand that's handmade in Shropshire as we haven't got one anymore. So oh, very nice, fantastic. And I will say I'm not just saying this because you're here. I've heard nothing but glowing reports about your work as well, Thomas. Well, you wouldn't give me a compliment unless it was uh, from the heart. So Correct. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I will. Tell you that. I will certainly be coming back on here and let you know how that bat goes. I'll get it in the nets uh, ASAP and uh, have a go. So, if people do want to get, get themselves a bargain with one of uh, shops, well, it's now Woodstock's left. You're probably one of the only uh, bat makers in Shropshire now. So, uh, if someone wants some local Shropshire bat making and also wants some bat repairs, where can they find you? Uh, I'm just on Instagram at Shropshire Bat Services. Uh, I haven't really got anything else at the moment. So, hopefully, I'll have a website soon, and we'll see how that goes as well. Cool. And uh, yeah, any we'll give that a share as well um, on our socials and stuff. So if anyone is interested and doesn't want to go through the hassle of looking themselves, you lazy bastards, we will, we will get that shared as well. Anyway, let's get ourselves on to uh, the halfway or end of season review, depending on where this goes or how long <laughs> it takes me to edit. And uh, we'll start... The indoor preview. <laughs> <laughs> And we'll start with Division 1. So, anyway, we move ourselves on to Division 1. And at the top of Division 1, uh, we must timestamp this because I have an extra podcast, which I recorded about five weeks ago, and this will be coming out just before this. So, uh, it is the 25th of July. <laughs> um, so, at this point, uh, top of the table is Chirk CC with 224 points. Four points behind them on 220, Aboriginal second 11 in third are Frankton first eleven with two oh seven. In fourth are Beaumere Heath with one nine five. Wellington second eleven one nine three. Newtown in sixth one ninety. Shrewsbury second eleven with one eight six. And then a drop down to eighth place. Kund with one fifty. Ninth is the mighty Albury CC with one four six. Tenth Warfield second eleven with one three eight. Then in 11th is Chelmarsh with 89 and Shelton rock bottom on in 12th with 66. So, Tom, before we get on to the others, what are your thoughts on the league this season? Obviously, first season back after your year in the Prem. Has much changed? What are, you, what are your thoughts on some teams that you may not have seen before? Um, the top of the table, I think, is going to stay pretty much as is. Chirk are a good side, obviously, they're top of the table. Um, I'd say they're only sort of a two or three man team. They're probably going to get some stick for that at our place when they come back for the return fixture. Um, Bridge North are a good side. I think we sort of threw that out. I think we lost. Did we lose to Bridge North? I don't know if we, know if we lost to Bridge North or not. I think we threw that away in the chase. <sighs> which Frankton always do. But um, 
Shelton, I think they must be struggling with availability because a team like Shelton shouldn't really, even their second eleven, shouldn't really be bottom of the league. Chelmarsh was sort of a couple of man team as well, I feel. Obviously, Connor's leading the run scoring in Div 1, is he? Yeah, he is, yeah. yeah he's yeah. just overtaking them late team, yeah. Just overtaken <coughs> our old pro. And... Um, there's some, there's some teams who are sort of mid-table that I feel could be doing a bit better. Like you guys, I don't think you guys at Albury should be ninth. You batted well against us at the weekend. We started well. Yeah. Even Kunda, I don't think. Some of the lads there, like Dan Parry scoring runs for fun, isn't he? Yeah, he's doing yeah, well, Dan. Season. Since, I, <coughs> since the year I played at Kunda, when was that? Two, oh God, I forgot you played. 16, yeah. 17, 2000? Yeah. He, um, his keeping has come on massive. Yeah, he's he looked class with the gloves. He's come on a lot as a cricketer. I think, to be honest, he, I think he just needs to bulk up a bit and grow because he obviously he's quite a skinny, skinny lad. He has yeah. bulked up now, hell of a lot, and now he's he's punching the ball well. Technically, very good cricketer. Got yeah. so much ability. So on chops, he's getting runs. Times the ball really well. I think Shrewsbury twos obviously with the availability of the Shrewsbury school lads are going to try and push themselves up that league. Yeah. But it could all change, obviously, next year if loads of people have to come down from the Prem with people coming down from the Bim League. Mm. Yep. So it'll be, a, it'll be even stronger next year. <laughs> so I've just noticed that I'm ahead of uh, Garrett in the uh, first 11 averages that yeah. won this season. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you bat in the order? I, I played two games at three, so I <laughs> don't think it really counts, to be honest. But... um. Yeah, so um, I'd agree with you. I don't think, I don't know. I, I, I played in the league last season and I didn't think we were as bad as our position showed. And I think we threw away games from a lack of belief that we could win them and a lack of kind of knowledge of how to win a game. And I think this season we've got a bit better, but there's still elements of that still there. And I, I still think there's there are times when possibly we don't know What's the best combination, Joss? You've obviously played in the ones more than me this year. <laughs> My average is good. Um, yeah, and I think the win-lose could could kill us a little bit, perhaps. I don't think it suits us that well. Um, we'll see, Tom will tell. But I think it's a good division, as Tom said. I think any one of those top seven, it's, you know, there's not that many points between them. There's only a couple of wins between the top seven. I think there's a different battle between Kundalbury and Warfield in mm. 8, 9, 10. Unfortunately, I think Charmarsh and Shelton already are, are struggling. I think the uh, writing on the wall, and as Tom mentioned as well, if um, if Wem and Murfield come down from, from the Birmingham League mm. and whoever wins the Prem doesn't go up, the repercussions of that obviously have to be taken into account. It could be four down. Um, so it's all to play for down the bottom there. I've got yeah, a quick I'm question. Glad, I'm glad you brought that up, Joss, because that is the big elephant in the room in Shropshire cricket at the moment. So obviously, I thought Andy, it was Andy. <laughs> Andy, obviously, as someone who is playing in the Birmingham League and your side being bottom of Division 2 in the Birmingham League and with Werfield currently sitting, are they third bottom with... or No, they're second I bottom and then Warsaw the third bottom and it's a three-horse race down that bottom. What do you think of the chances of either of you surviving? I mean, do you talk into a lot of people here who are possibly a little bit worried that their club may be going down due to this uh, situation? 
could be a lot of uh, Werfield and Wem fans and uh, Ludlow or Quat or Wellington or anyone who's at the top end, or Whitchurch, anyone who's at the top end of the Prem fans coming up very soon. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a real tough one. Um, obviously, the standard in the Birmingham League so strong. You get on a bad run like we have. Um, you find yourself in a bit of a dark place. Obviously, we've had a lot of injuries this season, so we we are really struggling at the moment. But it, it's one of them. It's like it, we just said here: a couple of wins, and all of a sudden you look, you, you know, you're mid-table and you're flying. So let's hope we can uh, can do it. But on a Shropshire point of view, um, if two clubs did come down, I did speak to a few people at the weekend about it, and I mean, God, it's going to be a massive reshuffle if if two teams come down and maybe a team don't get promoted and from Wem getting through, Worthfield getting through the last couple of years, hopefully it'll give Shropshire teams, whoever wins it, hope to go up. But it's a very difficult way to go up. That playoff system is very difficult. And we know the depth of other leagues is very strong. So it's, it's going to be an entertaining end of the season. Uh, but one thing we were talking about, I don't know what the league are going to do, but would, would it be easier to maybe not promote two teams? Um, I don't know what they're going to do. It's going to be a very tough one. But that's what I was talking to someone about. Mm. Because imagine four teams coming down from each league and two up. Mm. I mean, the change is going to be massive. And I mean, the, the league, the Prem, will be obviously a hell of a lot stronger if two teams from Shropshire come down. Mm. A hell of a lot stronger. It'll be good for Shropshire cricket. But I'm hoping it doesn't. But obviously for that, it's going to be... I mean, any team there in the bottom half of the table should be worried. I have spoken to a few people who are related, who are uh, part of teams at the top, teams who are at the top of the Prem, and I've learnt very wisely that listening to what one person says and says that they speak for their whole team, they don't necessarily do. So, uh, before I do get any mentions in, uh, telling me that, but yeah, there's quite a few teams at the top of the Prem who are a bit worried that if they do go up, having seen how well Werfield and when we've got on this season, two sides have dominated Shropshire cricket. There's a bit of a reluctance to go up, I feel. Um, and, yeah, again, like you're saying, if those... So, our options are, if two come down and the one team doesn't go up through the playoff system, which this season, all win-lose, no win-lose draw, but still the tournament vibe that they've got. If, they, if, they, if the league keep up with, obviously, in the league manual they said that they will try their best to keep to the two up two down but they will be flexible you know that would mean <coughs> would there would be four up four down mm -hmm. two up even but i think is it's times like these where you probably are grateful that the league are potentially a little bit more flexible in that way because the other option is either one up three down or, or another, unbelievably, another you could go could two change. down, none up. Yeah. yeah, but another thing that could change, right, is that the Prem has done it before where teams play bank holidays. So the Prem could add an additional team into the league and play both bank holiday Mondays. It has been done before. There's teams struggling for availability as it is. That's, that's, the, tr that's, that's the trouble, yeah. but re reality is, like, if you're going to have to change the league that much, it might have to happen. I think they'll and, go one up. I think they'll go well up. In my opinion, I, I think that would be the, brave, the best thing to do. But it's very brave because, I mean, I've got to be honest, I'm with Hurley in saying that any team that finishes second, I mean, I don't know what the big clubs think, actually. Say, say the likes of Bridge, maybe they want to get in the Prem. Maybe they do. But I know from a lot of clubs that I spoke to, and I won't name them because it's not fair, but a lot of people have said they don't want to go up. 
Yeah, it's not just about Premier League one. Is it? You know, it's, it's clubs. It's, lower it's down. clubs lower down. Yeah, it works. Works all the way up. Well, way I, up. I think three down, one up is fair enough because if, if you win the league, you should go up. Yes, hundred percent. If you're second, perhaps, perhaps not so much. So, so I think this is it's going to be an interesting year because obviously, in other years, even though we've stuck to the two up, two down, they have been quite flexible on sides that they think have overperformed. Like you look at the lower leagues, especially, and they promoted four, demoted. Three or something in division f- in five and six. And they've been double promoting teams as well. You know, and yeah. it's it it is really going to be interesting to see how they work it and whether you know is it too early after a big league restructuring like we had a few years ago to vastly restructure it again. I know there have been some people talking about moving to ten team leagues or divisions. That. Sorry, because we are one whole league, but what? divisions. Tom, uh, there's guys that are at my club that have been set, talking about possibly 10 team leagues just purely because if somebody's available for 12 out of 22 games you'd say that's not really great availability but you turn around and say I'm available for 12 to 14 games out of 18 and you think well that's somebody who's going to be first on the team sheet when they're available mm-hmm. rather than somebody who's going to be playing it every now and again and people getting annoyed because somebody's playing when they're not really available so but people might then, on the other hand, say, well, I'm only available for 10. So I think you're always going to sort of have people saying they're available for a certain percentage of games rather than there's 18 games, I'm available for 12. Mm-hmm. Or mm. so. Yeah, I, th- I, I think the more I think about it, the, the only reason I would advocate for less teams would be for the reason that you can replay games that get cancelled due to rain. Because I don't, I don't think the availability. I get, I understand the availability debate, but I think if someone's unavailable, they're going to be unavailable whether there's a game on or there isn't. Whether there's t- twenty-two game, twenty-four yeah, yeah, games in the yeah, season or twenty games. You're available for fourteen out of twenty-two. If you're only playing, you know, eighteen, they're only available for ten, weren't they? So, yeah, um, yeah. My my experience of being a captain this season has been dreadful. But I mean, like playing Andy has been dreadful. <laughs> I know, averaging 300 runs against each game is not the best. But, um, but I mean, it's, it's one of those where I think if you... I think the teams who probably advocate for having the weekend off, you know, Sod's Law would be that the weekend that they have off would be the weekend that you get full availability and everyone would be okay. But mm. I think... I just, I, just don't, I just don't know where to go with it. I do, I do I think that I there is... I don't like the one you said about the weather. I mean, if it's if it's rained off, you rearrange. I just don't think that can work because you could end up having six, seven games off in a season. It's happened here before. We've mm. had bad weather. You you just can't do that. It just doesn't work. But with the rearranging, you've said about the like. I know there's been a restructure. This if if Wem and Worthfield do come down, I know it's a, a ball ache for them to rearrange and sort all out. But the fact is, it makes Shropshire cricket stronger, and that is exactly what the higher leagues want. Like I mean, they should do. If anyone doesn't want it stronger, well, they shouldn't be playing in that league. Like, because the stronger the cricket is in Shropshire, the better. You know, it's better for our youngsters. Because I think I do actually think the quality of the league has dropped a little bit. Personally, a lot of people say it hasn't, but I see a lot of teams in like the Shropshire Prem, and I'm not being disrespectful to teams here. I'm not, I'm not going to mention the teams, but I look at them and I think, well, nah, I don't think they're as strong as five, six years ago. Yeah, I don't know, I don't um, know what you think about that. I agree with that. You yeah. look at, like like Andy says, you're not going to mention teams, but there is teams in the Prem 
who sort of always sort of grind a result out, and you look at the re- look at the result, and you think, sort of think, how have they done that? Mm. But they've obviously got players who are experienced. Yeah. Well, all, there's a lot of teams in that league who've got experienced players. Yeah. And obviously, like the last time we played in that league, we were, I think we finished bottom, so we can't really. No, can't really say a lot, but there is a massive gulf between the Prem and Div One. Hundred percent, massive yeah. gulf. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Frank's sort of yo-yoed for a few years, now, and it, and in a way, if it does end up being four teams come down from the Prem into Div One, then hopefully it should shut shut up that gulf, and teams aren't going to be saying, "Well, oh, we don't want to go into the Prem." Yeah, because you hear a lot of chat about. When you're playing teams, I don't think I think Bridge North are pushing to try and get into the Prem, yeah. So that there isn't so much of a gulf between their first and second yeah, team. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I was talking to you the other week. I can't. You rang me about something. Can't remember. Mm. And you were saying like the gulf between your first team and your seconds being are they did three or four. Three, three. Massive, is absolutely yeah. ludicrous. And I was talking to uh, Lear when we played Shrewsbury last week, and he said like the. The difference between even their ones and their twos is phenomenal. It is massive. I mean, I I haven't ever played Div Three, but a, a few of the lads that have played first and got into Div Three have all said the same thing. They really struggled, um, and and I said it's just such a difference, a massive, massive difference. And then lads that have come up from Division Three to the first team, it has just been such hard work. And I tell you what, I take my hat off to any of them because fair play to them having a go. Because the standard difference is just remarkable. Like it's it's massive, and I mean, like some clubs, like I think Shifton have got they've, they've done very well getting. Up. I mean, I think they're lower table though Shifton, which is a bit is a bit worrying because you see that Shif- golfing difference. Shifton Shif- Shif- first at bottom of division of the pre- Birmingham Prem Div One, yeah, and their and their twos are bottom of the Prem uh, the Shropshire Prem as well. That's a shame. It's a shame. I hope, well, I, I do hope they recover. Shrewsbury first eleven also third bottom of Shropshire Prem Div One as well, uh, and their twos are seventh in Division One. But you look, <coughs> Oldestry are eighth. Are they eighth in ninth, the uh, ninth, ninth in the Prem? You, they're you third bottom, so if three go down. Three that's or double four relegation. Go down, that's a double relegation for like you look at a Oldestry. massive club, massive cricket club. Two three years ago. Yeah, and you're thinking that they're. Their twos were pushing mm. to get into Division One a few years ago, yeah. kind of thing. And now it's worrying because, like, I I remember when when Wellington come down, and like it, obviously it was through the leagues coming down. They they lost Division because uh, it used to be Prem One, Two, Three in Birmingham, and they lost Division Two and Three, and they came back down. And Wellington come down. And I I just assumed ah oh, straight back up one day. It's Wellington, a massive club. How long have they been in the Shropshire League now? And I know they won the COVID season, but you know I'm not saying it doesn't count. They won the league, but all I'm saying is it, it was a non-season, non-event. You're really. saying Liverpool winning the league doesn't count, next. It doesn't count because <laughs> it was a COVID year. Um, <laughs> nah, fair play, they won it fair and square. But you know, what I'm saying is that it, it was a COVID year, so there was no promotion, nothing like that. So there was nothing on it. So Wellington, as a, as a club, they've been in the, the, the Prem far longer than I ever expected. So for clubs like like also streaming if they do get back to back relegations I mean it's, it's sad times really for these big clubs yeah so we may as well make this a hybrid Div 1 Prem um, section as we've started talking about <laughs> it um, so yeah top of top of the Prem we've got Ludlow first 11 uh, with 2-5-3 10 points behind them Sentinel first 11 yeah, boy. on 2-4-3 f- 
in third, Whitchurch first 11, 237. Fourth place, Quat first 11, 232. Fifth place, Newport first 11 on 232 points behind. Then Wellington first 11, seven points behind them in sixth with 193. Then 24 points behind them, Shelton first 11 in seventh. Then Maidley first 11 on 156. Then St George's in ninth with 148. Then your bottom three are. Oswestry Street first eleven on one two five, so twenty three points behind St George's there, and then in eleventh your bottom two are Old Scott Heath first eleven on one ten and Shifnal second eleven on ninety six, so you know thirty eight points between Old Scott and St George's, twenty three points between Oswestry and St George's, and. 52 points between Schiffnell second 11 and St George's. So you're probably saying Schiffnell are probably as good as down, potentially. Old Scott are going to need to pull the rabbit out of the hat once again. And Oswestry are going to have to put in a real push if they don't want a double relegation. I think the Oswestry one would be a massive shock. When you look, yeah. at, it, when you look at it in front of you, it's all right talking mm. about it and saying it. But like... We used to get so much stick as juniors playing against Oswestry for Frankton, getting called the little village club. Yeah. And you look at them now. Well, you look at them when we used to play juniors against them. Yeah. They were right up there in the Birmingham League. Yeah. And they had all like Warwick and all those guys. Mm. I, th- I think, to be honest, mate, a lot of people do bring it up on here. I, I remember Carl coming on here talking about maybe um, payment structures in clubs and how it can affect clubs in different ways. And I think Oswestry last season possibly were maybe fishing out a few too many notes with maybe a few players, so uh, in my opinion. Dishing or fishing? Dishing, sorry. Dishing out a few too many fish. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Um, <laughs> but then they lost. When they went down, I, I, I did hear a rumour that Warwick Finn, who is an absolute class cricketer, like unbelievable cricketer, I heard he was going to stay for quite a while. And I was thinking, okay, Oswestry, they'll be just pushing to go straight back up. But sort of once they lost him... Um, and I mean the, the lads that have gone I mean they've lost so many I'm not surprised where they are but I did think as a club they would rebuild and and maybe sign a few few top players I don't think got Robbie Clark back but I mean to, to even lose people like Harry Darley yeah, I was like, about to say when you lose players like, kid, young just, players like players like Harry Darley yeah he's class as well he's class and Robbie you know, Robbie's a good cricketer Robbie's Robbie's good as well. Yeah. Right? They're all they're all good cricketers. They're, you look at the mentioned. side though; it's very young, isn't it? It is mm-hmm. young. I mean, we played against them last year. Um, I um, we actually lost to them at home. They bowled fantastic. Had a real good bowling attack. But away from home, when they turned up without a lot of players, they'd sort of, to be honest, they'd given up. To be honest, and yeah. pretty much all of their first teamers were away, and their second team played us. And we did say all of us uh, felt a bit sorry for them, but. We scored 300 odd, but we saw something there. Their bowling attack was good, and then they batted, and they batted all right, and they looked good. And I thought, you know, Shropshire Prem, like, I think they'll do all right. And to be fair, it, it just hasn't quite worked out for them this season, has it? They, haven't, they just haven't been doing it, have they? You look at the players that they, lo- they lost. Dave Laird obviously went back to Bridge North, didn't he? Yeah, so did him and um, um, Lockley. Lockley. And then Warwick's left. Ben Roberts went 
Back you, to went to Bridge North and then he's gone back to yeah. Brimbo. So that's five first team players. That's five. No, it's more than that, isn't it? I think. But Harry Darley's left. Matty Richards, six. Gone Matt Richards gone yeah, seven. Seven. That's that's it's that's a, bold, a big bulky team. Size, I, don't, I don't think Alex Huxley's played this year, has he? I don't know. I haven't seen his name on a, but on a team sheet. This is where you go back to saying. I agree with teams having a pro and one pro, whether you pay him or it's incentives or it's coaching or a package or whatever, but when you're paying a massive amount of your first team and it goes tits up, that's what happens and clubs can capitulate, can't they? What is what is the biggest surprise that you can see uh, looking at the Prem outside of Oswald Street being down in 10th? Mainly eighth. Big surprise. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm delighted to see Central second. I say it every time after, after we allegedly <laughs> stop licking their bum holes. Call them all the names under the sun. But I'm so delighted for those boys. They're up, up they there. won't call us anything nice on our, on their WhatsApp yeah. chat. Uh, anyone, well, mate. they they speak their minds, don't they? Um, but ten points off top, superb. So good luck to those boys. I'm I'm delighted that Sheldon have done well. Yeah, seventh. I, I, seventh. I still don't think, looking at it though, they are out of the mix. But 21 points ahead of yeah. what could be bottom. I don't, yeah. the bottom they're, three. they're not out of the mix, but I'm just delighted to see them there because I think they've got a really good young side and I think they've signed really well the last couple of Sorry. years. And especially with all the trouble they had with their ground and having to play at Fens Bank and all that trouble they had. Yeah, I do feel yeah, for it. It can't be easy for them. I mean, with Dan, a new clubhouse, which they can't yeah. use for, for a few weeks. You know, yeah. So. And it's, yeah. I tell you what, Dan Walker, hats off to him. He's worked so hard. He's a good friend of us on the, on the podcast. He's, he's a bell end. He, he's done, honestly, he's done such a good job on that pitch because we played on it a couple of weeks ago. I think we played on it twice in a, in, in the space of a week. And uh, all the lads said it, it played really well. So great to see him back at Shelton playing again. From an outside perspective, I don't understand. Well, I can't say that I don't understand because I don't know. But for the clubhouse and the facilities... To all be so good, mm. and then for the pitch to be deemed unfit to play on, I sort of don't. Your pitch is where you play your cricket. Your function room and whatever is obviously your after game and where you socialise with your mates. But I sort of don't. I obviously don't know. They may have well have spent money on the pitch, but if they didn't, then if I was to invest money in a club, I would make the pitch first and foremost. I think the best thing there. I think that's the idea at Shelton, from what I've been been told a few times. I think they were talking at one point in turning the square across the pitch, not actually like rotating it completely. Yeah. I think they were talking about having it at an angle. Um, I don't know what what's going on with that, but I know for a fact that they have. I think they've been spending a lot of money on it, but unfortunately this season mistakes have been made. Um, no finger pointing. No one's really said much about it, but. Um, they uh, there has been mistakes made on the pitch, which is frustrating, and it's mm. no one's fault. No one, I mean, God, people give up their free time to work on a cricket I, I'm pitch. Definitely not so, slaying anybody. No, who so gives up their free time and think, goes down and works on a pitch. I think a few mistakes have been made, but I, I do know for a fact, talking to people like Matt Morris and Jim Cadwallader, the big names from Shelton Cricket Club, they're just desperate to get that pitch really good because the, everything else there, facilities-wise. It's a no-brainer for a cricketer in Shropshire to go to Shelton. It's a lovely ground. It's yeah. a beautiful ground, beautiful pavilion, great bar. 
for the good piss heads. That's scoreboards. That's scoreboards and accounting. Oh, yeah. the scoreboards class, isn't it? It is apart from when you get it for a six and it's a bit embarrassing. Right. I haven't also mentioned how surprised I'm seeing Ludlow top, which is um, good for them. Uh, good for them. Is, it, is Luke Miles skippering? He is, yeah. I'm, a, yeah. I'm actually not that surprised to see him top. Decent, yeah. I've got to be honest with you. you. You look at a few of the teams, and if you're going to tell me, ask me which side I think's ready to maybe have that push and go up, I know they'll have to recruit. I don't. There's not one team in that league that wouldn't have to recruit and improve to, to stay up in the Birmingham League, without they'd, a doubt. They'd have to. Have, Every club has to. They'd have to have a pro who scored an equal amount of I runs this year. Completely agree. I think well, yeah. you'd probably go for the same one if you could, wouldn't you? Yeah. He's, he's done obviously, well this year. Luke's been unreal this Luke's year. Luke's been, uh, and he very rightly got a Shropshire call up. Spent the day, the three days with him, brilliant, great to see him play, and he, he looked, he did not look out of place at all. Good he looked fantastic. Yeah. But one thing I would say with the, the the top sort of four, I would say, and the the, the ones in the running, um, obviously Whitchurch, we did say at the start of the season, didn't we? We didn't know if they'd gel as a team. Um, they must have gelled because they've they've had a really good run, haven't they? And they look like they're really pushing towards promotion, which they always mm-hmm. want. They always want to go up. But then you could you look at Quat. Um, do you think Quat are maybe ageing a bit and maybe are drifting down a bit? Because we, I know we give them a bit of stick in the past for being a bridesmaid. It's a bit of fun. They won't be happy with fourth at this stage. No, of the I don't think they will. But if you look at their team at the moment, I think they're just lacking maybe a, a couple of younger players to come through and, and, and you know improve right. them for the future. I think if they'd have had that pro from last year. I agree with that, yeah. I obviously don't know the pro He's this year. He's playing at Wombourne years. I haven't, I haven't seen the pro he, this year at all. Some of the Shaquille. biggest sixes I've ever seen in my life. What, last season? Yeah. Yeah, I heard Well, he someone was... said he hit one over the calf. Yeah, I heard that um, as well. I'd suggest that mm. we've both been to that calf. Yeah. Oh, God. It's a big hit, that. That's a big hit, But I was going to say about Sentinel as well. Obviously, being an ex Sentinel player, lovely to see him there. Joss keeps sucking him off. But um, <laughs> I, I just look at Sentinel. I don't think they're ready, but I really hope they do it. I, I just hope they do and have a go. You know, and again, maybe recruit if they do go up. And I don't think, I mean, they've got the players. They've got, there's, there's enough players there. But again, they're relying a lot on a, a bit of experience in the team with Shane Gwilt still playing. And I mean, Jimmy Shaw's key as well. Yeah, I just, I'm just not surprised to see Ludlow there because I think they're a young team that have been built around for years. And I just think, you know, they're getting better and better and better. And it, it's probably their, I think it's their time this year. I think they've had a couple of lads go back there this year, haven't they? They have, yeah. The, the lad that went to the SEMA, that went to Shrewsbury. Is it Alfie Hoyer? Yeah. yeah well, we, I think we yeah. we played them a few years ago and he was, mm. he looked a very good bowler. Yeah, he's, So he, signing him back is a good, good yeah. sign. I think, and I think they've, they've, I mean, God, a lot of them lads have played together for oh, many, many years, haven't they? They've been there a long time. You look at their team sheet, it's been the same, <coughs> the same group of six, seven, eight lads who've been playing. So you play with your mates, so they're always oh, going to exactly. play well together, aren't they? Yeah. Same as Sentinel, they're all mates, aren't they? Oh God, yeah, that's it. Yeah, they stick together, Sentinel. They're led well by Mal, and you know it's not. I'm not surprised to see him up there again. Mal was in the twos this week, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah well, he's, he, he is captain. He is captain. Yeah, yeah. Still bumps into Stevie Gray, and I was just saying he's a skipper. I lost that then. So, um, general thoughts: where going around the table? What do you think it'll be? Relegation, promotion? We're going for the worst case scenario: Warfield when come down. Okay. No one goes up. Andy? So no one goes up? No one goes up? So the bottom four? Oh, God. Well, I think Schiffnell, obviously... Well, do you, th- do you think it'll be one up, three down? Oh. Or do you think it'll be two up, four down? Or do you reckon it'll be two down, none up? I reckon if, if there is no promotion, I reckon it'll be three down, one up. 
I think it'll be three down, one up. If the winner, I. If you win a league, you have to go up, regardless of. Hundred percent. There's chatter in the in our league that teams are saying they don't want to go up and they don't. But I think if Bridge North get there, they will want to go up. I think Chirk would as well. That's right? Chirk, Chirk, yeah. Chirk, 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 Chirk would yeah. want to go up. Yeah. I mean, I'd be very. I mean, very, obviously, if we go down, it'd yeah. be very exciting to play at someone like Chirk because I don't have a Scooby Doo about any of the players. I hear a lot about Andrew Swarbrick, about good how player, good he is. Good it'd, be, it'd be very exciting to uh, it'd be very exciting to play against Andrew Swarbrick yeah. and see what he's like because you know it's a club I've never ever played competitive cricket against. So I'd say exciting if times. They went up. They would need a couple of players. Right. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'm sure you're right. Same. Well, same as anyone in that league. Yeah. If they went up. And it's quite. We, we've said for for a couple of years now that we've sort of deemed Chirk and Chelmarsh as one man teams, haven't we? Which is very harsh on them, obviously. Um, and you look at them now, one's top, one's bottom, or second to bottom in Div One. Um, but Mr. Grandening is still performing. Mr. Swarbrick is still performing. Um, Chirk have obviously got, and he's obviously got other players around him at Chirk because they they're doing the business. Mm. Young Liam Walker doing wonders this season. A real breakthrough year for him. Uh, so, Joss, more importantly, what's uh, your take? Um, it's not more important. Three up. Uh, no, I th- sorry, three down, one up. Uh, three down, one up, probably, yeah. And I think as we're standing now, Schiffel look doomed. All Scott, they did a great escape last year. And then a couple of, couple of results off. Surviving, I really hope they do because you know, we had Carl on last podcast 12 months ago and uh, <laughs> he, he spoke very well. And he's got you know, they've got big pounds for the club. Oslo Street, I think it's a slippery slope for them. Mm. It's um, sad times though, I think. And if all's got do do escape, then you, you're looking at one of the Telford teams, maybe Maidley St. George's could be dragged into it. It's a good job Ponsby may not go up because uh, that would leave a real predicament for well, one of their players. No, don't name him. Can't name him. He's stressed enough as it is. Yes, a lot of stress. I'll bleep it out. Yes, a lot of stress. Mary Webb getting promoted. I'm actually, I'm actually going to get him to do it. Um, yeah, I think that no one cares anyway but I think it'll be one up three down I think it's going to be a bit more creative the further we go down in the league so mm. I think that they may play around with the league structure and the amount of teams the lower the leagues go so well yeah. division you go down in the divisions even so I think that's where it's going to be interesting but I definitely think in these top few divisions that's that's the way it'll go down looks interesting at the top as you've mentioned I think Chirk Bridge North look like the two who will be competing and I agree with Joss, really, and everything else. So, well done, Joss, on that one. Um, so, if you were to put your neck on the line, Ludlow, Sentinel, Whitchurch, Quat. I, mean, I guess we should say Newport as well, because they're still kind of in it. But I mean, to be honest with you, obviously, Sentinel, I've played for them. I love the club. So, Have you? I'd like to, uh, I would like to say that. But Did you play there? I'm going to... Uh, <laughs> don't think he's mentioned it. How many clubs have I played for now, Joss? Less than you. Um... Anyway, I doubt that. <laughs> um, I would personally like to see Ludlow do it. I really do. I'd just like to see a fresh, fresh team up there and and just to see how they get on. It'd be amazing. If Sentinel went up and when came down, where would you play next season? I'm a when. It's a very good question. I'm a when cricketer. That's all I'm going to say. Wow. 
Howler. Fucking horrible bastard. <laughs> <laughs> horrible bastard. That's a cunt's trick, I just Just because your team want you to fuck off and play somewhere else, don't have a go at me, mate. All right? I, Where are you playing next season? You're going to be talking to any one of us three. <laughs> I, think, I was. <laughs> I think if you look at the results and players who are performing, Ludlow with sort of there's one player been scoring the bulk of the runs. Obviously, Luke and Will have been scoring runs as well, and there's been a few others chipping in. But Sentinel are more of a side that everyone sort of gets runs, mm. so you're not reliant on one mm. big score. Yeah. I, I, I do think their availability is a massive factor. I think when James Shaw plays, when he's mm. in there, they just look a, a lot more of a solid side. It's a, I think it's a big... He yeah, opened last weekend, didn't he? He scored 91 at the top of the order. Yeah, yeah. yeah I just think... Availability-wise, when they've got a full side out, they're they're a, they're a really really hard team to beat. Right, so let's look at the uh, top scorers and the fifties and hundreds. Um, that got picked up on me. Yeah, it did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Might have to edit that one out. Um, so whilst we're talking about that, so so whilst we're talking about that, let's talk about the highest one scorers and the 50s and tons and we'll start off with division one as we did intend this to be on division one so um in first place connor glenn denning with 560 runs with an average of 62 and in second place leighton trotsky uh with 530 runs and an average of 75 given the fact that he left about two months ago that's still not too bad eight, eight innings <laughs> eight innings it? yeah um, in third, Matt Jones Jr., uh, Little Legsy, uh, in with 440 runs with an average of 48. Will Rodenhurst of Bridge North with 430 with an average of 43. And Vipul Baskar with 426 runs with an average of 53. In sixth place, just because he's a friend of the podcast, we'll mention him. Dan Parry with 409 runs. Man of the match. With an average of 45. In seventh place, Matthew Knight, 406 runs with an average of 36. Peter Thompson in eighth with 360 runs and an average of 45. Harry Bolland in ninth podcast guest with 348 runs and forty an average of 43.5. And in tenth, Joseph Samuel Yap uh, with 328 runs with an average of 36. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
fix so batting the, at, batting at, at nine. Batting at so. nine. Um, the hundreds. So we in Division One, we have got three tons for uh, Leighton Trotsky. Good nice beer. pint, that yeah. Uh, in with two tons, we've got Connor Glendenning and Harry Bolland. Everyone else with one ton: Matt Jones Jr., Will Rodenhurst, Dan Parry, Peter Thompson, Liam Walker, Henry Paris, Matthew Martin, Nick Flack, Matthew Oglo, Grant Mackay, and Jack Morris. With the ball in Division 1, first place with 28 wickets, Joe Monk. Second place with, well, joint first, Tom Ellis. In third is Jacob Northwood with 27. In fourth, Elliot Ward with 26. Lewin Franken with 24. And Leighton Trotsky, Joe Yap and Andrew Swarbrick all joint fifth. Um, Cameron Wallace in ninth with 23 and joint Ninth is Jonathan Phillips, also with 23, as well as Grant Mackay. So, guys, in Division 1, anyone stand out as main performers with the ball or with the bat there? Well, we've already mentioned a few times, Leighton Trotsky to still be second in the batting and sixth in the bowling, despite having played six less than anyone else there. It's quite an achievement. As is someone else that features in both is um, Joe Yap, um, fair play, good friend of all of ours. I think he's um, you know seventh in the bowling and ninth or tenth in the batting. But if you look at his highest score, he's only fifty-eight not out, which shows how consistent he is. Mm. Where everyone else has got tons or you know highest score of eighty-four or something, I also he just consistently gets runs rather than big runs. I, agree, I completely agree with that. One thing I'd say about Joe is he's actually gone back to Kun to rebuild Kun. So he's not actually doing it for himself. Yeah, yeah. He got off and bats down like, yeah. like on like Saturday, he batted eight yeah. or nine, didn't he? Yeah. So credit where it's due. I mean, I, I cannot do anything but take my hat off to him because he's gone down there to a club we both love. We both played there for a very long time. And, uh, and yeah, he's not worried about his stats, but he still consistently does it every week. He could, he could play a, a lot higher level, but yeah. he's doing an unbelievable job for Kun. Fair play. Yeah, yeah. Where are you going to bat next season for Kun when you sign? <laughs> Ten, Joe's nine. But it's Joe's nine, I'm 11. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was just going to ask Tom, actually, because Jake Northwood's third in the bowling. He seems to be far more... I mean, he didn't seem that successful at Frankton, unless I've got that wrong. His availability has been a lot better from this. Okay. He's my cousin, so... Oh, is he? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So is he actually your like, cousin, is he? He'll be uh, loving yeah. the mention oh. on the podcast as well. Yeah. Um, so I can't slag him off. But <laughs> to be fair to Jake, everyone's always said he bowls a decent line of... He's a heavy ball, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bomer's pitch probably suits him better than Frankton's with a bit more carry. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say he's took a lot of wickets at home. I don't know the stats. Mm. But it's just a shame his availability wasn't as good when he played. For, he, I think he's being able to train more and practice yeah. more, so he's bowling a lot better. So yeah. Yeah. And hats no, he off to him. To be fair, yeah, he, he's, always, he's always been a useful bowler, and he's useful with the bat as well. He can, so. he can whack yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've got to be honest, I've always rated Jake. I, I mean, I've always said, every time I batted against him, He's bowled a heavy ball. He hits your bat really hard. Um, but as you say, like you turn up against Frankton, you play him once every two years or three years because his availability is yeah. not, not great. I, I do think his stats would be up there if he played every week in Division 1, definitely. And obviously him and Tom Ellis are both at the top. Of, uh, Second and third, yeah, yeah definitely. Third. Yeah, yeah, 
How far are Boma in the league actually? I was about to say they third or fourth. They're fourth behind fourth. Frankton now, yeah. yeah. So that's they've good, lost a good couple comeback on the bounce. Them. Good comeback for them. They lost a few players. Mm. Fair play to them. They've lost a couple on the bounce, haven't they? Mm. Their openers do have been scoring runs left hander, wasn't they? Henry. Henry Bridge. He scored some runs. I think good, he's got player. good player. Yeah. Good player. Yeah. yeah. He's really come on as a, a batsman. Because he was a leg spinner to begin with, wasn't he? He was, yeah. Is Henry Dawson played a few games back there as well? Has he? he gone back again? I didn't know he played. I, met, I saw him at the England game. I think um, he played a couple of games. I haven't seen him on the team yeah. for a couple of weeks. but He might have done, to be fair. Yeah. Good player. <laughs> well, what, they, what they would do to have him back, I'll tell you, yeah. in the team yeah. they've got now, yeah. it'd be a massive difference. So, moving on to the Prem, in first place with the bat, we've got Jason Oakes in 15 games, 933 runs with an average of 77, a high score of 193 not out. Four. In second place, Imesh Udiyanga, 677 runs with an average of 67, an average of 67.7. <coughs> In third place, Mikhail Pillay with 646 runs with an average of 58. In fourth, William Mashinga with 598 runs with an average of 54.36. In fifth, Saqib Akbar with 589 runs with an average of 58.9. In sixth, Ridwan Daya with 530 runs. Uh, an average of 40. In seventh place, Luke Miles, friend of the podcast, 530 runs with an average of 44.17. And eighth place, Dan Lloyd, 506 runs with an average of 38.9. In ninth, Michael Robinson, 452 runs, an average of 34.77. And in tenth place, Josh Coleridge, 432 runs with an average of 30. With the ball, in first place, Dan Lloyd, 40 wickets with four five-wicket hauls. In second, Mikhail Pile with 39 wickets. In third, Shafiq Ahmed with 35 wickets. In fourth, Shabir Khan with 35 wickets. In fifth, Ridwan Dyer with 32 wickets. In sixth, George Cheshire, friend of the podcast, with 32 wickets. In seventh... Scott Ferber with 29 wickets. In 8th, William Mashingo with 29 wickets. In ninth place, Jonathan Evans with 29 wickets. And in 10th place, Alex Davidson with 29 wickets. In the Prem, tons. We've got Jason Oakes with 4, Dan Lloyd with 2, Michael Robinson with 2, Imesh Udiyanga with 1, Mikhail Pile 1, William Mashinga, Saqib Akbar, Ridwan Dyer, Luke Miles, Shavon Brooks, Chris Miller, Ryan Weldon, Dan Walker, Sam Morgan, Ollie Plank, Will Sparrow and Andrew Lloyd all with one. So who stands out for you in the Prem with bat and with ball? I've, I've always uh, been a big fan of Luke Miles. I think uh, he's leading from the front as captain this year. I think averaging 44 as an opener. Face it, he's number yeah. one as well, isn't he? Yeah, so. exactly. I think he's, uh, he's you know, he's really Im- impressed me. Obviously, playing against Wiltshire the other week, he opened the batting. Again, just didn't look out of place playing at, you know, minor counties level. I think he's only going to get better. I think he's improved his game. He's a little less aggressive than he used to be. But you think when Waits for the we bad all ball. played at Coombe, yeah. He was a bowler. He was a he bowler was that bowling. used to bat lower order. And, he used to bat like he used to 7, 8, 9, did he? He did, yeah. 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 Maybe a little bit higher, actually. Maybe about yeah. 5 he or 6. But he, he would just go out there and hit ball. But yeah. he's learnt his game a hell of a lot. 
I'm, uh, I'm very impressed, but I think the big one there is Jason Oakley. Obviously, I've heard how fantastic he is. Jason Oaks. Jason Oaks, sorry. Jason Oaks, he's, he's obviously an absolute god of a cricketer, but his stats last year weren't anywhere near this year, were they? I don't think. I wouldn't imagine he averaged half or No, so, I mean, I, I think, you know, he's proving the talent he is, and I think with all them Ludlow lads batting around him, that's, that's ginormous this season. But you go back to the discussion we had about pros again, you think those young lads at Ludlow, seeing him back, Standing the other end, watching what he does and how he plays, yeah. he's going to be doing them wonders. Oh, that's it, exactly. And another, that's another big advocate for having a, a professional cricketer play yeah. for you. It's uh, it's massive, and obviously great to see Mickey on there the other week. He had an absolute hell of a game. It was a one four, was it one four five and uh, a five for? So I'm absolutely over the moon for him. He's a great lad, real good kid at Sentinel, and uh, yet again they've got a, a, a cracking player there. Well, you look at the guy they had, like Kyle, was it last year? Yeah, they Kyle was a So they needed something to yeah. that was going to live up to it. Well, he replicate was, really, yeah. He was a good cricketer. Very fantastic, good cricketer. he was. Yeah, really good player. Yeah. So it just shows that there's three names that are on both the top ten bowling and batting for that division. You've got Dan Lloyd, Mekar Pillay, and Ridwan Dyer. And shows, Michael Robinson. Was he in both as well? Sorry, sorry, Michael, missed that. So four of the top ten. Just shows the, the quality of the all-rounders in that division, really. And also, I'd just like to say I'm delighted to see... Uh, I'm going to kiss Sentinel's arse again. Delighted to see Johnny Evans at ninth in the in the bowling. Because, you know, it's, it's only a couple of years ago he was playing at Acton Reynolds in Div 3, Div 4. He's come on so well to open the bowling Sentinel and get so many wickets. Fair play to the lad. Uh, was there a connection between Reynolds and... Is, did he know someone? At so Johnny Johnny actually started at Sentinel. Got you. Uh, then he went to Acton Reynolds and... I mean, to be honest with you, you know, I, I, I love Acton Renault. It was a club I started at, me and Joss played together for quite a long time. And, you know, it's very sad to see that club struggling. We might talk about them a bit later, or you probably might talk on, on the other pod uh, about Acton Renault. But um, the club really struggling. And I think Johnny was, it was a move that had to happen. But I've got to be honest with you, I really didn't expect his stats to be as good as they are. And he's doing brilliant. So, yeah. you know... I know he's been thrown in there, but he's doing absolutely brilliant. When we faced him last year, he's quite difficult to pick up. His actions, he's got a funny action. very swingy, isn't he? Yeah. He's double-jointed, isn't he? Okay, so moving on from there, guys, to the next two divisions, and Division 2 and Division 3. Starting with Division 2, then, at the top of Division 2, we have got Lillishaw, first 11 on 303 points. In second place, we've got Roxter and Uppington, first 11, with 276 points. In third place, we've got Ellesmere, first 11, a bit of way behind on 244 points. In fourth place, Beacon, first 11, with 238 points. Then the drop again, down to fifth place, where we find Sentinel, second 11, with 194 points. Then another big jump between... Them in 6th where we find Ponsby 1st 11 with 175 points. In 7th, Forton 1st 11, 165. Equal with them, Knocking and Kinley 1st 11 in 8th with 165. In ninth place, Wellington 3rd 11. Another jump to them with 138. Then Ludlow 2nd 11 in 10th with 126. And then in 11th we got St George's 2nd 11 with 121. And in bottom place... In 12th, with 99 points, Montgomery first 11. So, 
a division where in, in most other divisions it's quite tight in certain areas, but it seems to be bunches in Division 2. You've got a top two, you've then got third and fourth, you've then got fifth kind of on their own, and then you've got sixth to eighth, and then you've got the bottom nine to 11, and then you've got 12th on their own. So thoughts on Division 2, guys? Um, obviously, unbelievable to see the uh, the strength of Rockster these days. Obviously, we've talked about them quite a few times, and when they had the double, was it the double relegation or no? Was it double relegation? Yeah, relegation. So they had, they had the double relegation, and they weren't very happy. We did say that the best thing they can do is bounce back and make sure that they prove to the league that they were wrong, and they're 100% proving that they've strengthened as a club and and they're, they're back to where sort of Rockster do belong, really, because. It's very sad to see him down the lower side of the league. It's a lovely place to play cricket. They've got a lot of history. Yeah, lots yeah. of history, some some great players. But also up there, obviously, Lillishaw being top. Um, it's it's a proper race, them two. They're obviously quite clear. Um, but one thing that just keeps going through my head, just talking about these teams now, is if there was only one promotion, this is one of the leagues that's going to be an absolutely brilliant battle because it's a two-team race, isn't it? Uh, and uh, when are they playing each other? Because that's going to be if they are if they haven't played each other twice, which I don't think they have. Um, that is absolutely yeah, only, ginormous. Only takes one of them to lose a couple of games, yeah. and uh, Ellesmere in amongst that. They as well. played that's each true. other. They played each other last month and shared the spoils with tw- with fourteen points each. So that would mean to me that they're possibly playing each other the last game of oh the season. Oh my god, that right. could be brilliant. That'd be a brilliant game too. You might be able to go and watch that. I'll just well. have to. Uh, we'll, we'll be finished. Brilliant league, I'll so. just have to confirm that. Um, I'm just really annoyed that my computer's knackered. I can't scroll right to see how many points they've got. Is that because of all the viruses on it? Probably, yeah. <laughs> so what's the points difference between Lillishaw and Rockster? It is 27. Um, so there's one game this is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So it's also a massive shame to see Monty where they are. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was going to say that. Always sad to so see them down there. Um, so it's their penultimate game. It's the penultimate game of the season. So Lillishaw have Roxeter as their penultimate game of the season. Then their final game of the season is against Wellington. Oh, wow. Okay. It could be a lot on them games. Just looking at the table, though, I mean, you've just brought Monty up. It's always sad, but it's amazing in Division 2 to see Ludlow struggling so so much in, in 10th place, isn't it? Because with yeah. their first doing well, you'd have thought teams, second teams might, might be doing well as well. But... Uh, and if they if their ones do go up, they really want their twos to stay up in Div Two this and season. Improve, definitely, and yeah. improve. they would probably. I would have thought, as you say, they're going to sign players if they go up. I would have thought. I don't think they're going to want to change too much. But you, there's maybe a couple of new faces would come in and yeah. strengthen the second team, wouldn't it? And there's a lot of good players in that first team that might play twos and improve the twos. You think if. Ludlow would have to have a couple of players come into the ones, which yeah. would then obviously, like you say, strengthen the twos. I thought so, definitely. But you look, there's sides in that league that, are, like, you look at knocking in at eighth, like mm. three, four, five years ago, they were in Div One. Yeah. Monty obviously were as well, and they're even Fortin were, and yeah. they're all bottom half yeah. of the table. Yeah. St George's second eleven were doing really well in like, a few years ago, maybe even last season. You know, last season they were right at the top ends, <laughs> and now they're. Bottom two, but talking about Ludlow strengthening, do you think that they would kind of raid the Birmingham League sides if they came down? I would I would say 
they'd be daft not to try. Um, it, it, I wouldn't see any of the Wem lads going to Ludlow. I, I couldn't see a Wem lad going to Ludlow, to be fair. Um, but I mean, Worthfield, is that not a trial? I couldn't see any of them going either, really. But I mean, I just think... Depends it, if the wages dropped. One thing you need is experience, mm. and it's all good. <laughs> Wilkie lad, he's on the pod. Um, one thing you do need is experience at that level, and that's, that's key, because... I mean, as a very inexperienced player at that level of cricket, it's taken. It's hard. It's hard going. Like, and you look at some of the lads, it just comes natural to them playing it for years. Yeah. Of, like lads like Sam Whitney, you know, quality cricketer. It just, it's, it's just so easy. Yeah. Um, comes so easy to them. But yeah, I think they just they would need that experience. And where they get it from, I'm not sure. But you know. Might cost a few pennies. Yeah. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure. You're just a bar tab and you're bringing the Chinese in exchange, weren't you? Well, free beer on there. How, how, much, <laughs> how much did that Chinese actually cost? It was. Do you tell, tell us the story about the Chinese. Here's where yeah, everyone else's. There, there, there is there is no story. It was uh, 150 notes. <laughs> I decided to. I think Martin Davis. So Martin. Martin did said, anyone else have one? <laughs> shut up. <laughs> So Martin Davis, Joss, <laughs> decided to buy everyone a Chinese the one night because he just fancied it. Because he said, if we win this game, I'm going to buy a Chinese. And we were all like, wow, what a bloke. Like, he is an absolute legend. <laughs> and, uh, and especially for me, because you buy me a Chinese, fucking hell, you're lucky if I don't shag you. Um, anyway, so... <laughs> Note to self, don't buy <laughs> Andy a Chinese. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you fancy an Indian tonight, Andy? <laughs> Or, so or, or any food item. Any food item. <laughs> anyway, uh, so uh, I was there the one night and I said, Do you know what, lads? I'm going to just buy it from the Chinese. Went round, got everyone's opinion on what we should get. And I let stupidly let Harry Chandler come on. And I was thinking, 100 quid. 100 quid is. I'm not sure. 150 quid it cost. So I was gutted. I was like, Oh my God. It was a nice Chinese, but 150 quid's worth it. I don't know. Ten minutes work for you though, and in it with your painting and decorating prices. I don't know about that. I'd get robbed dry by somebody. <laughs> anyway, back on to Division Two, <laughs> and um, yeah, so can't I? I mean, whenever I talk to people in Division Two or anyone who knows anyone about Division Two, they can't stop waxing lyrical about how strong Lillishaw are this season, and yeah. very good to see them coming back to the fore side who we've seen in Division One and only losing. Two games all season, that's um, some achievement with only eight penalty points as well. Is that scorer in that league, no? So that's an uh, umpire. Umpire. Well, Raskin sort of played for a game, hasn't he? I know he's playing regularly, but he's playing a bit. <coughs> He'll make a difference because he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's class. He's class. Yeah. I, I mean, Lillishaw, you've just mentioned, obviously, about um, about uh, knocking being a Division One side. I mean, Lillishaw have been around, have been yeah. a big club for years. They've had some top, top cricketers play for him so the rebuild's on isn't it they're definitely um, rebuilding again I remember when I Is first started playing in our ones and you, you didn't want to go and play Lillishaw no Lillishaw's a tough place we're to play going to be trying to knock your head off yeah yeah yeah. I mean I'm sure you'll go into the bashing slats they've got three of the top four the Lillishaw boys you know Harvey Wakefield Ollie Todd and Thomas McCrill one three and four in the, in the batting so yeah quality Is any of the Ellesmere lads up there Johnny Mitchell Johnny Mitchell second yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like, I I played a year for Ellesmere many years ago, and it's good because they're a group of mates. Really, they don't have anyone else. Johnny obviously played at Whittington for years before they folded. Yeah. But 
they're just a group of mates. So I, I think they've Kieran, got a, Kieran Barry still there? Yeah. He scores runs well, doesn't he? He's a biffer. He hits it a long fucking way, yeah, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think they've got an Australian lad. I think he, con- he contacted them. He's got like an Irish passport or but something. The, um, the Mocker lads, they're all at Frankton They're at Frankton now, yeah. So it's Ambrose and Elliot. Is... Yeah, they're both. I think Mock- uh, Mr. Mock and Senior played the other week as well. Did he? Because the thirds were short. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Um, is he still going? Yeah, so bet update anyway. Um, and uh, Beacon up in fourth place with 238. Ponsbury in sixth with 175. And Josser, I think you had Sentinel, didn't you? I did. In fifth, 194. So we're fourth, fifth, and sixth for our little uh, wager that we've got on because I know that that's the main thing everyone wants to know about in. Uh, Division two. Um, I'm quite confident in my Beacon boys, uh, but they need to start winning some games. Come on, lads! Um, Seventy points they need to get the gap to uh, get to that top place. Lad. It's a it's a lot of points, but pretty sure we're giving our money to charity this yeah, year, lads. So did you bet on who was going to go up or win the division? I, I think what w- was uh, we could get out clause there. Forgot the bet completely. Uh, <laughs> it was who would who would get promoted, yeah, and it was. it was over. And we uh, we all picked one team that we thought would get promoted each. And uh, this is one up, three down. Surely bet off. You, well, I know, oh, well, no, because we've got to give well, it to I charity, say, haven't we? Did I say Ponsbury? So you said Ponsbury. Oh, um, that's also why you've had a mare. Yeah. Wow. Um, which one uh, follower on Twitter said um, we're a disgrace for mentioning that and that there was no chance in hell that Ponsbury was he stressed um, <laughs> would go up and that sounds like there's a lot of stress there who's playing at Ponsbury these days is, is Wilson still playing yeah, similar yeah, side. Wilson's yeah. not been available which I'm quite surprised either. they're as low as they are because he's, he's still the class act but yeah so I think it started with um, Andy's going for Ponsbury. Andy started saying that he wanted Ponsbury to go up and then Josh said that he thought that Sentinel would go up and then I finished by saying that I would back the Beacon boys. And um, yeah, it very much shows that we know fuck all. But uh, I'm pretty sure that people listen to the podcast As Mr. Anonymous from Ponsbury said. Knows already. But... um, yeah, thoughts thoughts on this division? I think it's quite an interesting division. I think I think they're all interesting, but um, you know, looking at some of the sides in there, um, you know, the, the likes of Beacon, it's very interesting to start the season to wonder what what they're going to do, how they're going to rebuild. I think Beacon are a, a team back on the up, in, in my opinion, because there's a bit of a buzz around the club. They're playing maybe maybe more of their level now. I know they had a great run in the past and got into Division One. It was a massive achievement from from a club. No that pro started. this year as well. Yeah, it makes a big difference. But I think that's another amazing and great thing that they've achieved. Really, being you know in in the hunt to maybe go up, which I think will be very difficult for the two top teams. But to be in the hunt, you know, with with only what nine games to go, I think they've done. I think they've done fantastic. Yeah, so moving on to the top run scorers, because uh, I realise it's going on and people who listen to this podcast probably have lives, but then again. Me included. Um, Matthew Hill doesn't. So, 
<laughs> I don't want to be editing for a million years. Um, leading the run scorers, Harvey Wakefield with Luchel, 756 runs, an average of 68. In second place, Johnny Mitchell, Ellesmere with 652 runs, average of 65. Um, then third place, uh, Ollie Todd with 478 runs of Lillishaw. In fourth place of Lillishaw, Thomas Macriel with uh, 460 runs. In fifth, Oliver Wilson of Fortin with 449 runs. In sixth, Aaron Eccles with 442 runs of Roxeter. In seventh of St. George's, Mohamed Zahir with 398 runs. In eighth of Sentinel, Mark Lovelock, 377 runs. In ninth, Simon Rickett with 369 runs of Ellesmere. And in tenth, from bottom side, Montgomery, Rob Bennett with 345 runs. The, the Tons in the Division 2. Thomas McCreel with 2. Aaron Eccles with 2. Harvey Wakefield with 1. The rest have all got 1. Uh, Jonathan Mitchell, Oliver Wilson, Mark Lovelock, Simon Rickett, Ralph Bishop, Kieran Barry, Niall Salisbury and Nick Bevan and Freddie Timmis. Leading the way in Division 2 with the ball, international cricket supremo with 36 wickets from Beacon, Guy Leslie. In second place, Stephen Wilson with 34 wickets, three five-wicket hauls for him. In third place, with no five-wicket hauls, 32 wickets, Matthew Sayers of Forton. In fourth, Charlie Conquest of Lillishaw with 30 wickets, three five-wicket hauls. In fifth, Ashley Thomas with 27 wickets of Ellesmere. In sixth, Scott Kemsley with 26 wickets of Ludlow. In seventh, Dan Harris with 25 wickets of Roxeter. Joint seventh is Chris Hughes with from Forton. In ninth, Charlie Haylett uh, from Roxeter with 21 wickets. In 10th place from Liddershaw, Stephen Bates also with 21 wickets. So, what are our thoughts on the top bowlers and batsmen in Division 2? I'm amazed Guy Leslie's top. I've faced many of those bowlers and I'm amazed he's top. I'll just say that. There's some aggressive bowlers there, you know, Guy Leslie, Matthew Sayers. Ashley Thomas. Ash is a good bowler. I've... Ash is a very good bowler. The one thing with Ash, I'd say, is he's almost too aggressive. He doesn't bowl a good area. From what I've seen of him before, doesn't bowl a good enough area. I know Ash. Friends of Ash live down the road from me, so he's not going to mind me saying that. He's He is a very aggressive bowler, and he perhaps doesn't bowl at the stumps enough. I, haven't, I don't think I've faced... I've probably faced Guy Leslie when Beacon were in... Did one when we were, but I probably wouldn't have faced any of the others. I'm certainly no surprise to see Dan Harris and Charlie Haley both up there because they're seasoned professionals, those boys. Good cricketers. Played for one yeah. of your former clubs as well, Jess. Well, one yeah. of his many former clubs. One of the three, yeah. yeah. An ex grasshopper's player. In fact, well, in fact, we've got a few club hoppers around the table here. Tom, three I've had, mate. Well, same as me then. How many has Andy had then? He's about, about 12. Dan just bowls good areas, doesn't he? Yeah. Always has. Good Dan ball, does. good ball. Yeah. He, he, one thing in cricket, in all cricket, a lad that can move the ball, yeah. it's hard. I think one one thing has always been difficult, and I found it very difficult, is, is that in-swinger. And he's never been slow. He's never been quick, a quick no. bowler, but he's never been slow. And I just think his pace, bowling big in-swing, is very, very difficult. 
See, I prefer in swing to away swing. Do you actually? Yeah. I don't. Oh, I hate it. Don't mind it, mate. Much Everything gets you out of it. Early, don't talk like it's easy. Like, oh. How swing? Within swing, you just... Hurley doesn't like going for a quick single. Hurley doesn't like the fucking. <laughs> That's how he gets out most times. Hurley doesn't like the straight balls. Uh, like most people's, uh, you know, on play cricket, you've got the wagon wheel of the uh, no, the pie of how you most get out. Most people like bold court LBW. Mine's sixty percent run out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go give him a dodgy single. <laughs> We've got him here, boys. We've got him. I think mine's ninety percent court. <laughs> That being said, anything if a fielder is on the discs in most divisions, there is a run there. I would say probably outside the prem, there is always a run there. I would agree. Doesn't it? Doesn't it? Uh, Nine times out of ten, the fielder is yeah, either going to fumble yeah, it or they're good. not going well, to hit the stumps. Yeah. There is there is players around. That can and if you, and, and you're unlucky, well. there is good youngsters around. And if you've got if you've got a good enough batter at the other end who's quick enough with you, who's on the same wavelength as you, I think you you could you could run it. Yeah, but no one's on the same wavelength as you. You're on a wavelength for your own. I've been told this before. Yeah. <laughs> it was on my school reports. Um, short wave. <laughs> anyway, moving on to our final I'm division. decimal place off that. <laughs> moving on to our final division, Division 3. So, top of the division, Trisol and Sized in uh, 253 points. Uh, 19 points behind them, Quats second 11. Uh, third place. Nine points behind them, Welsh Bill first 11. 19 points behind them, Oswestry second 11, 204 points. And then seven points behind them is uh, Church Aston in fifth place with 197. Then eight points behind them is Old Brighton first 11, 189. Then 20 points behind them are when second 11. 19 points behind them are Harpers in 8th with 150. Four points behind them are Willie, first 11 with 146. In 10th place, Newport, second 11 with 140 points. Three points behind them are Schiffnell, third 11. And then two points behind them are Maidley, second 11. So, overall, top to bottom, probably the tightest league that we've got. Uh, only a few points separating each kind of bracket of team. But... Um, Interesting, interesting. I, it's it was one of those divisions at the start of the season when we had our pre-season chat, Joss, where we said it could possibly go either way, and we weren't quite sure who would finish where, and that we thought anyone from top to bottom could finish anywhere, and it looks like it's very much proven that way. It's a very close, very very close. I mean, Trisol, to be fair, stolen a march at the top. They're they're more than a, well a whole result ahead, basically, you know, twenty one points. Um, ahead of Quat, Quat obviously will be looking to to go up with their their first in the prem. Um, down the bottom, it's incredibly close. You know, one three five, one three seven, one forty, one four six, one fifty. So fifteen points behind the between the top five, uh, bottom five. Sorry, anything could happen there. Fair play. Just quite pleased to see Trisol prospering again. I had a good battle with Trisol back in the day. 15 years ago or so. They were a good old, side when I started gilly. first playing in our in Frankton once. Yeah. It's just a long way to go. <laughs> yeah, it's in the middle of nowhere. Mm. Welsh ball are up there again. Yeah. It's not that, it's not so long ago. They were in Div 1. Or is, it, were, long, yeah. is it longer yeah. ago than I no, think? No, not that long ago. I think you're right. Yeah. It's probably only six or seven years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Oh, right, another one there, indeed. One. Yeah. yeah. Where's Church Aston? Church Aston is a funny side because. Tell us the stats. Go on. No, I'm so not. basically, where, where in the world is it? Um, so actually, Church Aston are the only team in Shropshire cricket that don't play where they actually are. Um, so they were a break-off team from Newport, if I remember rightly, because we actually had uh, one of their players come on the podcast and talk about it. Were they top of Muslims? And they chose. They needed to move away from. They decided that they wanted to move away from Newport, um, and then they wanted to start their own team up. Uh, and then they start. They play at Bowring Park, but they don't anymore. If I if I am correct, um, and basically, they had to pick a village which didn't have a cricket team. And the cricket team, obviously, Bowring Park has Wellingtons. So they couldn't pick that, so and they yeah. picked a local side which played by Newport, which is Church Aston. So they picked that. Don't play at Church Aston. Never played at Church Aston, but play under the name of Church Aston. Well, we learn something new every day. I was just saying, like, the bottom five, if you're going around, I think Wem could be dragged into it. If Andy's going to start playing yeah. for the seconds, they could plummet as well. I mean, if Andy's going to start playing for the seconds, I think they may as well get prepared for playing in Division 4 next season. Especially if it's four down. You're fucked. The opposition batsmen can't wait. Half ollies, it's like playing against the bowling machine. Yeah. Oh, you can imagine, oh, 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 I got the back out scored very early done. I won't be bowling, <laughs> I know that. But you look at Schiffnell thirds are 11th, and obviously their seconds are bottom. Yeah, Schiffnell all right, having a bad year. Yeah, they? so maybe, and obviously the ones, are they struggling in? The bottom, I think. Bottom. They, yeah, bottom, yeah. So that might be a sign of availability is not great at Schiffnell this year. Yeah, but availability has been a thing yeah. all across the counties now, I think. I think you boys said you were struggling, we've yeah. certainly struggled. Most clubs I, I talk to not had the best year with availability. I think it's been a bit of a catch-up year as well, though. Whilst I think there's a mixture of things, and I think there's the fact that cricket came back too late from COVID, so there's a lot of people have taken up golf. Yeah. Um, I think there's an, there's an element of this being the first season where people can do what the hell they want. Well, exactly. I mean, so it's certainly obvious that we've had two weddings that would have happened during COVID. There are lots of weddings going on, people are doing... Uh, going on holidays which they couldn't have gone on but also there's an element of people have kind of got used to not playing cricket on a Saturday um, yeah. and you know cricket have got to try and find their way of encouraging these people back to taking that whole Saturday off to play and you know finding those reasons for clubs have got to try and find the reasons for finding the players who aren't the Badgers because the Badgers will play every week and the people yeah. who love the game will play every week whether it's whatever you know, but it's the it's the people who are actually you know talented, but are talented at other things, but also you know have other things on a weekend that you've got to try and convince that that they want to play. You know that they got into that habit of playing. You know, yeah. And that's that's the biggest struggle that we face at the moment. And you know, when yeah. people are talking about coloured kits and things like that, changing the game up, you know, things like that make it a bit more exciting. I think teams have got to. I think, like you know, Frankton, you've got your bar going up as well now. That's obviously got to have helped. We all stay down after the game, yeah. And often, if we're playing away, we'll always go down and see if the twos are still playing. And we get a lot of people down there. Obviously, the women's has helped as well. There's a lot of people down there. It makes a big difference having that social yeah. buzz. Yeah. 
And that's why that's always really hit me bar. Yeah, I think I think the hardest thing is is that we're sponsored by a pub, which yeah, is yes, literally yeah. around the corner. But that element of the the problem is is once a te- once you leave your club, even if it is two minutes up the road, it's that opportunity for people. It gives the people the opportunity to leave, um, and it's no surprise that teams who have and clubs who have bars or things like that are the ones that are prospering. You look at all the Prem sides, they've all pretty much got a bar. <laughs> you look at the amount of money that, sent, that Shelton have been able to fund their club yeah, because of well. all of the functions that they're doing. Yeah. You know, they do a fantastic work with the Shelton Foundation, but everything that's come from them having one of the best club houses, being, obviously having a, a new housing estate built around them helps. Mm. But, you know, just that having that... We went to knocking. Like, uh, the second eleven a few like a month ago, and they've formed a bar there. And normally we go we go to knocking as soon as the game's gone. It like right straight to the Royal Hill. Uh, but we then stayed there for three or four pints. You know, it's just the only game you've had a positive result in. Really, that's why. <laughs> But still, you know, they were buzzing. They, yeah, but still, oh, and he won a game as captain. Yeah, 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 no, he didn't. Well, winning, winning draw, draw winning draw. It's the same as does that count? It does count for me. It's far easier to stay at a club to have a drink than if if you've got the option of left or right when you drive out of a club to go to the pub or go home. A lot of people choose to go home. Yeah, yeah. You look at the energy, obviously, like, um, you play at Warfield and their bar and, you know, you, you just look at their 100 night that they put on. And you get you get people turning up even if it's, even if they're not playing. They just, people turn up to come and watch. They come and watch the cricket. It's, it's like, it's literally like a pub, you know, people, but, like, you know, people come up, turn up, you know, it's a reason. Warfield to... get ridiculous following for, for where they are. Hmm. I know it's a big club, but for where they are in the middle of nowhere, they get huge following. Is there any other? Is there a pub in Warfield itself? Possibly not, which obviously helps. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, the the crowds, even for Sunday friendlies, which is which where I play there nowadays, they get all the people. They're probably not that interested in cricket, but they, yeah. Mm. Now, Wem, obviously, they've got a very successful bar. I mean, obviously, if you weren't paid by bar tab, you know, maybe you'd be able to afford hey, someone better. Hey, but no, on a club point... Do you get free beer? Their bars, I bloody wish. Free food? No, they couldn't afford I'd that, I'd be 20 stone then, I would. <laughs> it was free food or 50 grand, they went for 50 <laughs> grand. <laughs> a week. <laughs> no, um... Uh, being being honest, as a club, like the bar is absolutely unbelievable. And I tell you what, I've never been at a club that works so hard. Um, Does Sume still do it all? No, doesn't work behind the bar anymore. Doesn't he? No, he was, I think, I don't know what happened, but I think he's, he's packed in behind the bar. Does he still um, play? Norka does it now, and uh, he doesn't play anymore, no. He's, Sumo, he's finished. Sure. Yeah, he's a lovely bloke, Sumo. Good luck, yeah. But like, the, the likes of Sean Astley um, and Norka behind the bar, um, they just do an unbelievable job. And the sponsorship they get, I think the town really get behind them. And on a Saturday, we get a really good support and they're a great bunch. So it's quite impressive, really. It's an impressive club. And some of the dues they have, I, I remember last year, I said to uh, to my partner, Jodie, like that um, we're going to the end of season awards night and do, uh, and there's a bit of a disco and stuff like that. And they said it's at the club. And I was like, oh, is it big enough? Like, you know, you think there's quite a lot of people there. Well, you you wouldn't believe 
that did it. It was amazing. They put a marquee out, like on the front, draped all this material over it. It just looked amazing. I turned up, just couldn't believe it. It was absolutely brilliant. They are so good. Everything they do is fantastic. Absolutely brilliant. So, and that's what attracts you to a club. Like, so we'll come do that for you next year, do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Reckon hell, they need more than the marquee. Yeah, they take over the old pitch. <laughs> to get you in. <laughs> You'd be eating on the square at the do, wouldn't you? They couldn't. Uh... Anyway, so let's get back on to Division 3. So, Trisol, Quat. Um, good to see Quat up there. But, unfortunately, it looks like they may miss out on the promotion. Um, looking like three big sides in Maidley, Schiffnell and Newport may go down. Um, and Willie and Harper's also in, in the mix. Uh, could be quite a surprise. And, obviously, would we potentially be seeing Newport, Schiffnell and Maidley trying to stack their side I know you know Maidley and Newport relatively safe in the Prem may start stacking their sides to um, go to keep themselves up do you reckon cool anyway let's get ourselves on to the stats so leading the way in Division 3 we've got in first place we've got Lee Craig with 593 runs with an average of 59 in second place, we've got Steve Humphreys with 532 runs with an average of 59. In third place, Avi Mathur with an with 425 runs with an average of 53. In second place from Trisol again, Usman Barry with 408 runs with an average of 45. In fifth place, Gurji Saini, friend of the podcast, Gurge. With 403 runs with, with an average of 44. In sixth place, Glenn Edwards uh, with 399 runs with an average of 36. In seventh place, Neil Bennett with 377 runs with an average of 31. In eighth place, Harry Astley with 369 runs with an average of 52. In ninth place, Jagdeep Singh with 363 runs with an average of 36. And in tenth place, Rich Plant with 361 runs and an average of 30. So, Willie, Trisel and Church Aston are very much dominating that with three players from Trisel and Church Aston and two from Willie and then one from Wem and one from Ozerstream. With the tons in Division 3, we've got Glenn Edwards and Harry Astley both with two, all the rest with one. We've got Lee Craig, Stephen Humphreys... Avi Mathur, Usman Barry, Gurjit Saini, Joseph Cotham, Elliot Parker, Ben Aston, and Josh Darlington with the ball leading the way with 38 wickets from Old Brighton. Adam Shimmons with 38 wickets, three five wicket hauls. In second place with two five wicket hauls, 33 wickets, Matthew Butcher. In third place from Trisol, Rehan Barry with 33 wickets with three five-wicket hauls. In fourth place, Matt McWinney of Welshpool with 25 wickets. In tenth, Terry Cowburn with 22 wickets. In sixth, Robert Anderson with 21 wickets. In seventh, John Bartlett with 20 wickets. In eighth, Shantu Galar with 19 wickets. In the ninth place, Anthony Hyde with 18 wickets. And Tied ninth is Christopher Morris with 18 and also Glenn Edwards. So, guys, anyone stand out in Division 3 with bat or the ball? Uh, Adam Shimmons. 
Um, Joss, would you like to take over from me? Because we both. Well, we, I was just going to say Adam Chambers. Yeah. Friend of the podcast, I well, to see as well. To see his bowling division three is actually quite sad. But but credit to him, he's you know, he's loyal to Albright and fair play. But he's he's incredible. Well, has been for many many years. He could still do a job in the Prem, I reckon. Yeah, he's a very good player. But he's very bowling good. Div 3 and his stats back him up. You know, he's, he's got the best economy, the best average, the most wickets. Quality piece of work, to be fair. He's all, well, he's played plays Shropshire for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. How, how old is he now? Because, is he, is he, is he, he played over 50? I swear he's, Played over fifties, and I, I has he played over fifties as one of the ones that isn't over fifty? Though? He might have done because I swear Trevi said he was still absolute class. So I'm not, I'm not sure on that, but and we all he's, know he's it. doesn't lie. No, I've got to be honest though. Shimo has always been an unbelievable cricketer, and he just bashes that length. All he's going to take long. over fifty wickets, and he's, he's class. Sure. He's yeah. class. Like yeah. what I'd like to give a shout out to is Harry Astley because. Um, Harry being in our second team uh, is obviously trying to work his way into the first team, but the standard difference when he's came up, he's really he's, he's struggled. He, I was say he's played a few in the first time, hasn't he? Yeah, he's, he's struggled a bit. He, d- he doesn't look out of place. He's not really bowled a great deal. So I remember um, when he first started, good really spinner. playing, really, really, yeah. and then he got really fucking tall, didn't he? Yeah, he did. I, and I, then I, did I he know. stop bowling? I don't know what's going on with his bowling. Because that was the honest. same as Owen at Coombed. Yeah, he's, he now, always bowled right, he's now a seamer. Yeah, I think he has. I think he has flirted with changing to seam, to be honest. And he yeah. did bowl seam up once last year in the in the first team. Uh, but I mean, the jump up in standard is just so big. Um, it's almost it's been it's been very hard for him. Where does he bat when he goes up to the first? He bats higher order because he's a he's a proper batsman. He is mm. he is a proper batsman. He's got a very good technique. Technically, he doesn't look out of place. And does he open for the seconds? God, it's a great question. Maybe we'll that this week. Have a look. I'm, you play for them. You should know. I'm not. I'm not sure if he opens all bats three because he played Saturday. Yeah, you play with him for the rest of the season. So. Yeah. Well, no. I would have thought he'd be promoted into the ones. I mean, he scored 148, but unfortunately, he was meant to be in the ones that week, and he fell off a scaffold. Um, not his fault, apparently. He just fell off a scaffold and uh, hurt his knee. And he's quite a tough lad, so I'd be surprised. He must have been hurt. He must have been hurt bad, and he's been limping along. So, I would have thought he'd be in the ones this week because he's 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 definitely earned it. Like I mean, you, any any level of cricket you score in 148, you you know yeah. you're in and you hit the ball well. It doesn't matter what level you play. So, he deserves his chance. But that step up from the first, second to the first is so massive. But he's definitely someone who is a future potential Birmingham League cricketer. Is the guy taking wickets and you, uh, from your two is a good bowler? Butcher? Butcher. Uh, Matt Butcher's the lad from New Zealand. Yeah. <coughs> he came in to the, to the first team. Um, he, he, he's, he's an awkward bowler, very skiddy, but yeah. I, I just think the more he's played here, the more he's had to learn to bowl a bit shorter. Like, he bowls very full, and because he's very skiddy, I mean, we netted with him. It, he's a, he's a nice pace to come on. When he, on his day, sometimes he can bowl quite quick. Um, is he over here as a pro? 
No, he's over. His we've spoke on the podcast before. His granddad is the mayor of Wem, so okay. Um, he's come over here to visit for the year and play a bit of cricket. And uh, as I say, I mean, he's he's been around the first team, but I just again the the standard is just so good that he's come up and I, I wouldn't say he struggled. He hasn't struggled, but he hasn't particularly. Mm. bold as well as I think he can that's what I, I'll say he can because yeah. he's done great things in the twos he's, he, again I think he's probably too good for the, that, that standard of cricket mm. personally um, but unfortunately us being in the Birmingham League it's a massive step up so for a lad like him it's, it's, it's not easy to come over and play yeah a big thing for me is looking at you know your top four there and they're all averaging well your top three are all averaging over 50 in the Division three, Avi, someone who's always there. Uh, you've got Lee Craig, who's scored, who's averaging fifty nine, five fifties, and a ton. Um, and you know, Gerge, one of our friend of the podcast, uh, on their four hundred and three runs, average of forty four. It's you know the top five are all doing really well, and all similar, similar sides. Good to see them up there. Uh, Jossa, any thoughts from you before we move ourselves on? Um. No. <laughs> no. Cool. I think that moves us on to our final section. So we move on to our final section and we would do uh, listener questions, but they've all pretty much been answered. We, the main ones, we had a lot of people asking about how do you feel about the potential for teams being relegated due to Birmingham League standards. Birmingham League standings, would four teams get relegated from Div 1 if four teams come down from other leagues, etc, etc. And biggest surprises in each division, which I think we've kind of covered, which most people asked. Um, so, thank you very much once again for listening to the podcast. I had an anonymous question, actually. Yeah. It didn't come through. It was like, why do you only do two podcasts during the season and eight during the off-season? Um, I would I would throw the same question back. Why, whenever I ask the people who take part in the podcast eight times a season, do they only accept a podcast evening twice in the season? Not guilty. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We all know that answer, don't we? If you've ever captained a cricket side, it's very similar to running a podcast. But um, anyway, we'll uh, we'll move ourselves. Well, you only get four people, <laughs> <laughs> and they're all shit, <laughs> and they all fucking just like you. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we do we do love you, and we can't make you more than a hundred each week. <laughs> yeah. you do. To be fair, you do a good job once a year. <laughs> the preseason preview, and that's all that people listen to. But anyway. Um, yeah, so once again, thank you very much uh, for listening to another episode of the Cow Corner Podcast, especially if you've made it to this bar. A big thank you to Tom Wilkie for coming all the way to the studio and not coming in via Zoom and bringing in some of these amazing bats. Um, Good to see you, once, Thomas. Once again, if people want to get buy one of your bats or want some bat repairs, where can they find you? Uh, at Shropshire Bat Services on Instagram. Fantastic. Just a message on there and then I'll get back to you. And uh, if you need some help, you can send us a message as well and we'll pass you on to Tom himself. Um, but yeah, thank you very much, guys. Thank you very much and thank you, Wilkie, for coming on. Good insight to Frankton and uh, 
very much looking forward to using this bat and hope you do get uh, plenty of work for it. You do a fantastic job, so well done. Thanks, yeah, mate. Good to see you, Tom. Good Cheers, to see you, boys. Cheers, Josser. Cheers, boys. Good to see you all. Cheers, Tommy, for coming on. Cheers, Andy. Cheers, mate. Thank you very much. And good luck in your three, Andy. Hey, can't wait to play with the boys. <laughs> and a uh, big thank you for Garrett Houston, who actually fed the podcast this evening. Uh, in what a big was... shout out for his chefing services. Oh, unbelievable, <laughs> which is the first time we've had something that isn't pizza, Chinese yeah. or uh, KFC. So I was it's possibly the healthiest. He can thing. cook better than he can bat. <laughs> Fortunately, <laughs> fortunately, he's not been sat with us either, and he's not been in the same room. <laughs> <laughs> but he will listen to this. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much for listening once again. Until the next time, goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 